Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week in the Spice Den podcast. My name is Jacob, and I'm your host, as we're going to talk about Season 7, Episode 3 of Star Wars Clone Wars, the episode entitled On the Wing of Kyrodax. Before we get to that, I want to quickly go over some brief updates on where I'm at with my Star Wars journey. Uh, I recently finished Rebels Season 2 and 3 on a wild binge this weekend. My dog got spayed this pa- a week from today, I guess, a week ago, and uh, I was alone with her, watching her which means we couldn't really do anything. Uh, so I watched a lot of Rebels, a lot, a lot of Rebels. I was like maybe five episodes into season two. And between Saturday and Sunday, I finished seasons two and three. So I'm probably not going to do an overall in-depth discussion on those, but I just want to hit a few highlights, skip 30 seconds, maybe two 30-second intervals if you want to miss kind of vague general spoilers on what I thought. But I just want to give a few shout-outs to great details I loved. Uh, Some chef kisses, if you will. Chef's kisses, if you will. A chef's kiss to the end of Season 2, if you know, you know. The Obi-Wan and Darth Maul fight, also fantastic. Basically, everything that had to uh, be done with Mandalore and Sabine, great stuff. The ships, uh, like, I think they did ships very well. Between, I think, just fleshing out the Imperial fleet a lot more than just your standard Star Destroyer. And we got the Interdictors are awesome. The def- TIE Defenders, of course. The smaller fleet ships. Um, the cruisers. And then the big, like, wedge carriers. Those are pretty sweet. A few things I do want to point out. I, After having read the Thrawn books... I think they're very close, but not perfect with this characterization, at least compared to the books. I think, you know, he's incredibly smart and tactile and ruthless, but I think he goes a little bit too vengeful at times. I mean, in the books, he's characterized as, you know, he has a mission, he's going to accomplish it, but he's not going out of his way to make people's lives miserable. He just wants to do the job, and is often concerned about preserving life. Uh, but I think he's kind of, I mean... it the next two i mean this point the next point it comes down to the fact that it's a kids tv show or its target audience is children so he has to be bad so he's gonna go a little dark at times i feel like he comes off too vengeful as uh compared to the book and this also this kind of yeah kids boiling down of characters i think really negatively affects governor price who in the thrawn books i thought was like well the first thrawn book where she's actually in it uh she was one of my favorite characters but i think she's very one-dimensional and is just like basically the more evil sinister version of minister tua from season one where they a very one-dimensional character doesn't really have anything to do besides be there and you know play that one role and so i didn't love that but I understand that she can't be too. I mean, she can't be too cunning herself if we're gonna tr- if we're gonna prop Thrawn up as a the smarter than everyone else character. She has to be lesser than that. But I think she went. A, I think they went a little too far with that. But you know, it is what it is. But yeah, that's everything for. Uh, it's pretty much all I'm gonna say for Rebel season two and three. It's great. You know, I could do maybe a review later down the line, but there's plenty to talk about right now, so I shouldn't really worry about it. You know, next up, I did get my copy of Queen Shadow. Uh, so that I'm not sure. Uh, next week, uh, yeah, a week from today, I'll be on the road for work again. So maybe I'll try and read that and blaze through at my hotel like I did with uh, Thrawn Alliances. Or sorry, Thrawn Treason. And speaking of Thrawn Treason. I know I mentioned last week I was going to try and talk about that today, but if you haven't noticed that this episode is coming out much later than usual, yeah, so I'm just going to skip Thrawn Treason for this week just so I can get my Clone Wars episode in on vaguely on time. 
And then we'll try and do episode four of The Clone Wars season seven and Thrawn Treason in the next week. Fingers crossed. Uh, just a reminder. So that'll be coming out the 16th of March. Uh, the 17th of March, the novelization of Rise of Skywalker and the digital release of the movie happen on the 17th, the day after that. So big stuff coming there. I already have my pre-order for the novelization. And yeah, hopefully I will have, you know, hopefully I'll have Queen Shadow blaze through. I guess I will only start Queen Shadow. Well, I'll be out of town starting the 16th. So I will not get my Rise of Skywalker book until I get home on the 20th. I'm basically Monday through Friday, I'm gone. So I should have, hopefully, Queen Shadow done, booked. That's out of the way, and I can start Rise of Skywalker after that. So that's kind of my plan going forward. And of course, we always have the weekly Clone Wars episodes released for the next uh, 12 episodes. So nine weeks, nine weeks, I believe. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. With that, one last thing before we hop into our episode discussion. We had some leaks this past week, and I haven't really done any leak coverage yet, but this one's kind of interesting. We have a leak from a PlayStation Store, a European PlayStation Store data. Someone found a Star Wars Project Maverick, um, and it appears to be, which also was, I think it was on like, it got accidentally uploaded to a store page that someone scraped from the back end or something like that anyways doesn't matter what it was is it just had the title card project maverick and an, a singular art image asset that showed a star destroyer uh, with a bunch of x-wings flying around it above what they article all the articles i saw they say it appeared to be mustafar and it's leading a lot of people to believe that there's an aerial combat game you know maybe star wars x-wing inspired which would be I I would love that so much. Um, you know, I, I have mentioned I played a little bit of Battlefront 2. I would say probably less than 20 hours uh, multiplayer and campaign combined. And I really like the flight stuff. I'm like a huge flight guy. Like I love planes and spaceships and all that kind of stuff. And I was really disappointed when I found out that the game doesn't have HOTAS support. Uh, Battlefront 2 that is. Uh, so yeah, I can't. Use, I have flight sticks and I can't use them in the game. That's pretty disappointing to me. Uh, so if I could get a... Yeah, like... Give me a, like a dogfighting X-Wing game where I can use my control sticks and like have full six degree, well, I, it's Star Wars, I don't expect six degrees of freedom, but like at least all the standard like, you know, flight sim in space, just give me that flight sim in space with guns and I'll be so happy. But there's no official confirmation on what that's going to be yet or, you know, if it's even real, we just have to go off that for the time being, but I'm excited for a new star, I mean, we're almost assuredly getting Je- a sequel, whether that's direct or indirect to Jedi Fallen Order, where I wouldn't be shocked to get a Battlefront 3, but I would love a little bit, you know, more diversity with the EA Star Wars license. But with that all out of the way, let's get into our episode discussion, Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 3, On the Wings of Kyrdax. So we pick up right where we left off with the Bad Batch and Anakin fending off the control room while Rex and Tech are trying to help out Echo on the inside. Anakin pulls away from the battle to see how they're doing and uh, while Tech is currently trying to safely, basically safely eject Echo, safely eject Echo like he's a flash drive and it doesn't look like, according to Rex, it doesn't look like they're going to get an extraction crew to come pick them up, but that's not really surprising seeing as this mission isn't exactly officially sanctioned. 
The Bad Batch are slowly getting pushed back into the room where they start to seal up to hide, seal up the doors to hide from the D-Wings. They're kind of welding and sealing all the doors shut and backing slowly back towards the control room. Watt Tambor and his fellow, his posse, kind of approach the door and they decide to send a decimator droid to take them out. It's a kind of spherical probe lo- droid looking thing. Kind of looks like the Imperial Torture Droid, just a big floating sphere. Uh, it's a decimator and it starts to cut through the doors while the crew continues to fuse more sets of doors together in a kind of a just a battle to keep the ch- uh, keep them out. Uh, Tech finally gives the okay, and Rex starts to unplug Echo, uh, who <laughs> mentions that he has a massive headache after it's all over with. Echo tells them that they can escape through an exhaust vent directly above them, and starts just chucking all the clones up there, and then Anakin, of course, uses the Force to jump himself. Before they leave, Record decides to leave the uh, Techno Union a parting gift by spreading detonators all across the room, uh, making sure to try and scrap what they have going on there, and Anakin uses the Force to pull him into the shaft as the Decimator makes its way through the room, shocking the whole place. Back outside, Watt and his buddies are trying to figure out what exactly happened because uh, the Decimator shuts off. The D-Wing tells them that no organic life forms were found, and that's when the room they look through like this hole that it's been cut by the droid, and they see all the detonators, and a blast flies through the room. Uh, Tambor mentions he's uh, he's very mad, of course, and he tells says that they took it Techno Union property. So this kind of you know plays into the whole uh, trope: Are clones really human? Are you know do they have independent thought? Or are they just tools to an end? Are they just you know instruments of the machine of war? Or are they actually independent humans? So kind of playing with that theme. While cutting back to our our heroes, Echo says while he was uh, hooked up, he was able to learn everything about the Techno Union. Uh, including maybe how they can get out. So they emerge into an exit out. Uh, you know, these are big kind of like floating, almost not quite like Bespin level floating, but, you know, they're up in the air, uh, big base, and they have to cl- cross a cable about a meter in diameter to get to this landing pad that can fly them out. While they're out there, some droids intercept them, and uh, they are in danger of plummeting to their doom. Uh, but Tech has, Tech has the solution. He's going to help us out here. Uh, apparently he loves to make recordings and he records, uh, recorded and is playing back a distress call from the primitives, uh, back in the village. Now bring back, bring out some Kiradax, the flying creatures from last episode. The distress call, I don't, anyone else, I don't know if anyone else thought this, but it sounds like exact, it sounds like they straight up just reused the Acklay, uh, call from Attack of the Clones. Uh, that, that sound effect almost exactly. I think it actually is the same thing. Um, but yeah, I listened to it back. I'm like that, you know, that sounds like the Ackley. But so yeah, all these creatures come swooping in and they jump off and fall on the creatures and start to fly away where the D wings go aerial and start to take chase. I do really love the D wing design, to be honest. You know, like it was a cool design i like their kind of foil shimmery wings it's not exactly the same but it does remind me of count dooku's solar sailor uh from attack of the clones but yeah they start flying and taking chase um and the clones and anakin are dispatching them along the way and the creatures return them to the village uh our leader the Polatech leader is impressed by their ability to make it back uh but some d-wings fly in and start you know strafing the village uh, the natives are very upset that they brought the war to them, and Rex tells them, you know, it's true. Uh, we we took we went back on our word. 
but look what they did to Echo. We kind of had to do it. Which, okay. <sighs> I feel like this is all, like, garbage. Like, uh, like obviously, the Techno Union are bad people in this scenario. But I wouldn't say the, our Republic uh, allies are exactly in the right either. And they're like, hey, look. We are not happy with what happened. Our buddy got taken. Uh, and we, br- we, we rescued him. And now you are going to have to deal with the consequences. <laughs> and, you know, like... Okay, there's a fight coming. Spoilers. Uh, but, um, you know, we'll win the fight. But after we leave, you know, who knows what's going to happen to you? It's not Seventh Samurai. They're not, it's not like, you know, they're never coming back. They're like, a, they're down the street, you know. When the Jedi and the clones are gone to protect these villagers, um, the droids are probably going to come back. And it's not going to end well for them. So, I don't, you know, I don't think our heroes are here are perfect either. But... Anyways, cutting back to the conversation at hand. Uh, Rex says, the Techno Union claims to be neutral, but they obviously aren't. Uh, so yeah, basically, uh, villagers, you can't be neutral either. You have to pick a side. Uh, back at the base, uh, D-Wing reports t- to Tambor what happened. Uh, so he calls in an army to go take them down. Uh, you know, they have a new squad of D-Wings, and they also bring two Octuptara Tridroids. So they look, to me, they kind of look like War of the Worlds-esque, like the big walkers from there. Uh, But apparently this is not the first appearance of them. They were in Revenge of the Sith on the battles of Maigito and Utapau. Uh, But I I mean, they're probably in the background. I don't really recommend, I don't really remember seeing them. Although I probably know the scene for Maigito, at least where they would have been seen. Um, Anyways, the villagers and clones clear out. So the droids come in. Uh, to an empty village, and they ambush them from up on a ridge. Uh, battle starts off pretty well for our our heroes, but then the heavy guns with the tridroids come in and start just absolutely raising the village. It's kind of reminiscent, I would say, of the ATST and Mandalorian. Just you know, it's fine until it just starts blasting all of their all their huts. Anakin and Rex split up to take the two uh, heavy guns out. Anakin, of course, just jumps in, starts slicing and hopping around the droid. Uh, and Rex is on the ground and has Wrecker chuck him up, uh, much to his behest, uh, where he has to get work on top of the droid as well. Eventually, the two beasts of a droid are toppled, and the rest of the D-Wings retreat back to base. They tell Tambor about the failed attack, and he says the loss of the clone is a blow to the Techno Union, and they need to find a way to recoup on his investment. Uh, he's not going to tell the Separatists quite yet. He will get to that in due time. Again, Hammering in, uh, not everyone looks at clones like real people. They are more assets, especially to the villains, because, you know, they gotta be bad guys. Uh, our group goes to depart from uh, Skako Minor, uh, and Anakin is thanked by the Politech leader, Echo. Uh, thanks Rex for saving him, of course. And it kind of is left off on a little bit of an o- ominous note. Uh, you know, they say ju- it's gonna be just like old times. Echo is obviously not normal anymore. He's cybernetically altered. He has ports all over him. He has stuff he has sticking out of his chest and his head. He has cybernetic legs. Um, things are probably not going to go well for Echo. And again, I have not read the story reel, so I don't know what happens next. Um, but it can't, I don't, yeah, it just felt ominous. And I am, yeah, I don't know if he's going to be full on a Manchurian candidate or what. Uh, but I yeah, he's probably, he's got to die, because he's not Rebels, so he's got to die, right? Uh, I don't know if Rex is going to have to pull the trigger or not, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, I'm obviously ex- excited for the next episode, and I can't wait to see what that turns out to be. Um, yeah, hopefully next Monday you will not only hear my 
Clone Wars discussion, but also my Thrawn Treason discussion. Uh, the past two episodes, I apologize for being a little rushed and being a little shorter. I'm just trying to get them out, and uh, life doesn't always uh, cooperate. So, anyways, uh, if you like this, check me out. Twitter, Instagram, at SpicedInPod. Feel free to subscribe to your podcast service of choice. And if you have any feedback or want to hear me cover something specific, and whether that be a book or comic book or whatever it is, don't hesitate to let me know. Anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks as always to our lovely friend Graham Bull for the music, and may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>